very thankful for the song service and especially for Brother Randall's prayer. Don't know that I've ever had a prayer offered up with so many of the thoughts that are on my mind offered up in the prayer that took place before we entered into the preaching hour. And I would ask that you would continue to pray for yourselves and pray for, for me and pray for each other. We need your prayers and I know you need the prayers of those you love and would ask that you would consider that this morning. You know, there's things that have went wrong in this country. We're witnessing them today and there are things that have happened in the past, but I've mentioned many times the decline of Christianity in this country. We read in Chronicles 714, and I won't quote the verse, but it's talking about the Lord's people and what they need to do. Question is, will the Lord's people do it? You know, you've heard the old saying, apathy. There's a lot of people who seem to not have a heart to bring about the change. You know, you read the Bible, and sometimes it's easy to have this idea that I'm just little old me, and I don't make a difference. You know, when Sunday comes, when the time of the Lord's Day comes, do you really, really earnestly pray for yourself and for the service? The Bible tells us to do so. It's kind of like that movie I went to when the man laying there in that bed asked a stranger in there to pray for him when he left. And when he came back in about a month, he said, did you pray for me? And he, he said, no. Do you pray for the services? Do you pray for yourself? Do you pray that God's spirit would be upon you and upon the service in our presence? You know, we, we talk about those things. We realize those things are necessary. Most of us realize that there needs to be a great change take place in the land. But I tell you, if we're unwilling to change, God will be unwilling to bless us, I believe. There's got to be a willingness. When we enter into the Lord's Day, everything in this world, everything, I don't care what it is, apart from the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ, ought to be put aside. It ought to be cleared out of our minds. The vain and statutory things of this world that are meaningless, they really are. They're to sustain us. But when we enter into the house of the Lord, we ought to come here with joy in our heart, as Brother Randall said, rejoicing that God has given us the freedom and the liberty to come into his house, to preach, to sing, to pray, to enter into a place where God said he would meet with us if there were even two or three. And so I think it's a great blessing to be here, a one that we take for granted and one that many people today in this world, many of God's people believe they can live without. But I think if we see those things take place, we find out why a country is falling apart from within, not without, from within. You know, when I was over at Littlefield at their annual meeting, uh, when Elder Bill Pollard stood up, he quoted a verse from Luke 11 and 13. One that I've thought about much since he preached on it. Or he didn't really preach on it, but he, he made it apparent. It's something we ought to look at for a moment. It says, if you then being evil know how to get good gifts under your children. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. Most of us sitting in this congregation have gave our children everything that we possibly can. Good gifts, 
gifts, probably more gifts than we should. We don't have an issue with that. We, we do it. We do it. We love them. Or at least I'd say that's the vast majority. We love our children. We're willing to give them all the good gifts that we can. But notice what it says. How much more shall your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? When we get ready to come to the Lord's house on Sunday, do you ask the Lord to give you the Holy Spirit, to fill you with the Holy Spirit? If we don't ask, we shall not receive. And if we want to be zealous to serve the Lord, we, we need to ask the Lord for His Spirit to be within us, to fill our hearts. Because we got a world full of, of things going on out here that is filling the hearts of God's people to the point that they can't even see the Lord. It's a shame, but it's a truth. It really is. It's a truth. It can, it, it just, they're conformed to the ways of the world, and, and, and those things have become more important. So I'd ask that you pray right now that the Lord would give you the Spirit, that you would ask Him for it. You know, we ought to wake up every morning and say, Lord, give unto me the Holy Spirit. If we're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not something we just do on Sunday morning. It's something that we need to do every day. I love the prayer that Brother Randall offered. He, he said many things in that prayer pertaining to what's on my mind to preach or try to attempt to preach this morning. I've thought a lot about it. I've thought a lot about where we are. How do we make a difference in life? How do, how do we make a change in our own lives? I believe it begins with verse 5. I'm going to go to Proverbs. Now, I've, I've taken a lot of scripture out of Proverbs lately. Uh, because I, I've tried to read Proverbs. You know, Brother Gail kind of set me on this path. Uh, he reads Proverbs every month. Whatever day of the month it is, that's the chapter you read. And it's good. There's some of the great, greatest teachings. Now, the Bible's full of good teachings, but for everyday living and how we uh, handle ourselves in our lives and how we approach matters in life, Proverbs teaches us those things. We begin this morning in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Let's think about trust for just a minute. Trust literally means to have confidence. It means to have commitment. It means to be settled in one's mind. You hear the word trust in, in this world slung around a lot. Or, whether it's trust in people or trust in circumstances or happenings. Uh, you know, people put a lot of trust in the government, uh, a lot of trust in other things. We Trust is a word that's used often. It's something that once it's broken, it's hard to regain. But this verse says trust in the Lord. The Lord is not one of us. Now, even though we're told in Genesis, and God has said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. We are made in the image of God. But God himself is immutable unchangeable he's different than we are God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth trust in the Lord trust in the Lord do you trust in the Lord you know we're in the model prayer we're to say you know to give us this day our daily bread do you trust that God will provide you something to eat now most of us in this congregation have never won a day I say most of us maybe all of us that we've really been hungry that we really had to earnestly say that prayer, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Give unto me this day my daily bread. 
because most of us have three meals a day sitting in the pantry right now, and our need for God's provision is not quite the way it would be if we were waking up each day. You go over to the 17th chapter of, of 1 Kings when the widow woman and Elijah came to her and she was down to her, her last little bit of oil and her last little bit of meal and she said, I can't make you a, a, a cake. She told that to Elijah and I'm paraphrasing this. You can't, uh, you know, can't make a cake because I don't have the necessary ingredients to, to go beyond what it'll take for me and my son. Elijah said the Lord will provide. And that's one of the greatest teachings that we find where God did provide. That cruise never went out, uh, the oil never went away, and the mill never dried up. God provided. But we live in a land today where I fear that God's people as a whole, they're not looking unto the Lord in that manner. They're not trusting in the Lord with all thine heart. You know, cursed is the man who trusteth in man. Go to Jeremiah 17. Trust in the Lord. What does it mean to trust in the Lord? Well, let me give you an example. Over in Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus is said, will never leave us nor forsake us, that we may boldly say the Lord is our helper. Bible tells us that everyone in this world may forsake you one day. It's possible. Even your mother and your father. To most of us here, we would not think that our mother and father would forsake us. But the Bible says that can happen. The Lord said, I'll take you up. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, you may forsake the Lord and you may drift out into the world, but God will never leave you. He's always there. Notice what it says in the 17th chapter of the book of Acts. Verse 26, and says, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Do you realize that the Lord is never far from us? It's us who are far from the Lord. I pray God will give us his spirit and that we'll take things back in our lives and we'll get the priorities right in our lives. So many of God's children don't have their priorities right today. The idols of this world have taken them, and, and the idol can be anything. We're told in Colossians chapter 1 that Jesus Christ himself should have the preeminence in your life. He should come before your job, before your pleasure, before anything that you do. And if it's not that way, we're walking and living in error, in sin. That's what we're doing. We wonder why the country has fallen down. Each one of us are a living, walking example of, 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 to someone. I don't care who it is, if it's your own children, if it's your neighbors, if it's uh, students in school, I don't care who it is. You're a walking, living example, and what you do and how you do it matters. It really does. But we're living in a time that it doesn't seem that those kind of things are near, they matter near as much. Are we trusting in the Lord with all our heart? That doesn't mean that we get we try to trust the, the Lord with 80% or 90%. It says all thine heart. How much trust do you put in God, honestly? Do you trust that he will make a way? How much trust did Abraham put in the Lord? I think of all the examples given to us in the Bible, and Moses was a great example. They're all sinners. But, you know, God called upon Abraham, and his name was Abram at the time, but we'll go ahead and call him Abraham, 
to leave his family and to go where God told him to go. And when God told him to go, he went. When God told him to stop, he stopped. There's no record in the Bible whatsoever that Abraham ever went back to his home country where his family was. Now, you might say, well, I'm not Abraham. But Abraham was no different than you and I. His faith was strong. He wanted to obey God. He wanted to honor God. And friends, there was a time in this country we seen more of that among the Lord's people. There's no, re there's no doubt what's happening today is because the Lord's people have forsaken the Lord. Not, the Lord has never forsaken us. Never. And if we want to bring about change, we need to think about it. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it wasn't a religious podcast, but a lady was being interviewed by a man named John Solomon, which is an investigative reporter and a very good one, looking for the facts. But she's a, a, a lawyer on the legal team for President Trump. Anyway, she's the one that filed a, a lawsuit in California against the governor, against the mayor of the city, because of them not allowing the church to meet, mainly John MacArthur's church, the big church in California. Most of you at least heard of it. They, they've done all kinds of things to try to uh, push this down. She works for a group that represents the rights, religious rights of churches under the First Amendment of the United States, and, and I thank her for that. But you know, she's, she's a very much of a Christian woman. She talked about the Bible, and I, I just found it so refreshing. She talked about a situation taking place in, in Pennsylvania, and a lot of people wouldn't want to talk about this situation today, but it's the truth. The health director in Pennsylvania is, is a biological man and a transgender woman. Let's just, let's just tell it like she did. And she recognized him as a biological man, and she said the same thing I'll tell you here. And she basically said it's according to God's immutable and impeccable truth. God either made them man or, uh, or female. Male or female, man or woman. I mean, it, it, you know, that's, there's nothing to, to, to see there. That's the end of the story. And I, I liked it because she said Christians need to stand up for the truth. Do you know what standing up for the truth is? It's not pulling out your 38 special and, and telling somebody if they don't do what you're going to do. It's doing what God said you ought to do. It's living like God said you ought to live. It's walking and worshiping God the way God's called upon us to live. That, that's what standing up for Christ is. It really is. It's being in the house of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart with everything you got. You know, we're going to look at what we need to begin to do to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. We're told in Matthew chapter 22, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind with everything that you got. If you love the Lord the way God tells us, Jesus told us to love the, the God, we won't have no trouble trusting the Lord with all our heart. We won't. And that's important. I mean, it's something that every one of us can do. But we got to be willing. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, not with 80% and 20% yourself. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You know, he's never failed to bring forth a promise. Never. He's never broken a promise. We're told in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promise before the world began. It is impossible for God to lie. I just think sometimes, why do we not listen to the Lord? You know, over in Mark chapter 9, we read the story, and I'll paraphrase again, about a young man who was casting himself in the fire and doing all kind, kind of like having epileptic seizures. And 
the Lord came to the Father and, and the, asked the Father if he believed. And he said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Do you believe? Yeah, I know you believe in Jesus Christ. Do you believe what he says? Do you believe his promises? Not just for eternity, but every day of our life. Do we believe that if we walk in his ways, that he'll bless us in a way that we can't imagine? Do you, do you believe that? Or do we, do, we, do we believe that we need to take a certain amount of life into our own hands? Do we need to walk according to the philosophy of men or what the world is telling us? We're to fear God and not man. You know, we're to obey God rather than men, as was told in the book of Acts. And we're to stand up for what's right. You know, do you believe that God will keep you and protect you and watch over you if you do the right thing? I believe he will. I believe his promises have never been broke. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That means God is always there. You may be out in the middle of no man's land and the only person, but the Lord's there. Never forget that. No matter how down and out you are in this life, the Lord is always there. Let's go on and notice what he says. And he says, lean not unto thine own understanding. Think about that for just a minute. <clears throat> Abraham didn't understand where he's going, did he? God said, go, and Abraham went. God said, stop, and Abraham stopped. This was the life of Abraham. Now, Abraham was a sinner. We could go look at some of that. He wasn't perfect, but he was obedient to the best of his ability. Far more obedient than I've been. When God told him to take that son Isaac that he'd waited a hundred years for and take him to be offered up as a sacrifice, he took him, did he not? He obeyed God. We know that Isaac's life was saved, that there was a ram in the thicket. But the point I want you to know today is he went and done what he was told to do. <clears throat> he didn't lean to his own understanding. He could have sat down and began to reason, well... What's going to happen if I pull out the knife to slay my son and he dies? That could have happened too, couldn't it? He could have come up with every kind of possibility and reasoned it out on his own head. When you and I walk in faith, it goes beyond human reasoning. I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to see change in this world, you've got to quit reasoning in your mind what you should do and what you shouldn't do. You should trust in the Lord with all thine heart. I want to give you an example down here that I think a lot of people, young and old, have a hard, hard time with. Look down at verse 9 in chapter 3. It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. This verse talks about giving of your money and of your time. If you're trusting in the Lord with all thine heart and you love the Lord with all thine heart, then you are a cheerful giver and you give of your time, you give of your money, and you don't concern yourself with it. You don't. That honors God. God loves a cheerful giver. Notice what it says here, though. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. How many of us believe that? Do we believe, do we sit down and, and, and we lean to our, our understanding? We reason, well... I've got to pay for this bill, this bill, this bill, this bill, this bill, and, and by the time we get down there, there's not a whole lot left. I mean, I, I, I've been guilty of that in my life. I'm just telling you, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. We reason in our minds, Well, I'm, I'm busy. I've got a job. I've, I've got all these responsibilities. I don't have time to serve the Lord. I barely make it to church, much less to go out in the kingdom of God daily and, and, and serve Him in that capacity. 
Do you not thank God? I'll never forget Elder Stephen Bloyd to tell me time and time again, God can add hours to your day. And he prayed to that very extent, and he meant it. God added time to his day that he could accomplish what he needed to accomplish. You may not think God can do that, but I believe he can. We're so filled with unbelief sometimes that we, don't have, we have such a hard time believing the promises of God. But to trust in God with all thine heart means to stand upon his promises, to follow after him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out with new wine. That just tells me right now, you can't outgive the Lord, and we've talked about this, but it honors God when we trust in Him with all our heart, and we don't try to reason out, I don't have enough time. That deals with time. I've not got enough money left to, to, to give to the church because I, I can't pay my bills. Well, we're to lay up at the first of the week. Do you believe God honestly will leave you destitute? If you, if you take time out, do you believe God that will leave you destitute? Do you believe that if we follow the commandments of God and the teachings of God, that we might be a light that makes a difference in this world? And we need some lights to make a difference right now, a big difference. We need Christians to stand up for the Lord and, and, and to do what the Lord has called us to do in this life, to walk in his ways, to walk in his truths, as Brother Randall so ably prayed in his prayer. I, I loved his prayer this morning. Something that we as God's children need. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth when you're young. Serve the Lord because the day is coming that you can't do what you need to do. I read Brother Fred something this morning. It come off Facebook and it really applies to that verse. It says, the biggest cause of injury to an old man. Can you imagine it? Is that old man thinks he's still a young man. A lot of truth in that, is there not? It's hard to give up doing what we do or we once did because our bodies get frail or we lose our strength, but there's a lot of truth in that. We need to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We need to not lean to our own understanding because that's not walking in faith. Had Abraham sat down and reasoned and said, you know, if I leave this place, I'll probably never see my family again. He took Sarah and his nephew Lot and he went. And there's no record that he ever went back, at least in the Bible. You know, that'd be a tall order for any of us, would it not? You know, most of us are so tired to our personal families that we almost, to some degree, worship them more than we worship God. I mean, I'm just being honest. You know, I've got the same problem, but it's not right. You go to Luke chapter 14, and it makes it very clear that we're not to love our husband, our wife, our mother, our father, or anything. Matter of fact, it uses the word hate, but it stresses the importance of God and the Lord Jesus Christ having the preeminence in your life. Now, I want to move along because i got more to say on this subject than one can imagine. We honor God when we trust him and sh uh, with all our heart, and we love him with all our heart, and we do what's right for the kingdom of God and for the church, wherever we're at, knowing that God will take care of us. He will. He'll never leave you without. He'll never leave you destitute. As we enter into his house of worship, we need his spirit. And I pray that he'll continue to fill us with his spirit. But I want to go back and begin to say, what do we need to do? What, what really makes the difference in our lives? I believe it's the study of God's word and, the, and hearing the preaching of God's word. I believe there's a 
teaching in God's word that you cannot deny. You know, sometimes we don't want to trust the Lord with all our heart because we don't want to do all the things the Lord would have us to do. Let's just be honest with ourselves. I'm trying to be honest with myself. Some things we just don't want to do, and we know we ought to do them. He begins up in verse 1. He says, My son, forget not my law. This has been on my mind all week above this verse. My son, forget not my law. The first thing I want to tell you in the Old Testament, when the word law is used, it has reference to the entire word of God. God's law, God's teachings, God's instruction. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, which is instruction, God's instruction in our lives. Boy, does this country need God's instruction in their lives today. Do God's people need drawn back? Do we need revival? We do. We need the Lord's people. And, and as Brother Randall prayed, that, that they might be drawn back into the house, uh, uh, the Lord's house, those that have faded away. We need to be examples to them. We need to encourage them. We do. My son, forget not my law. It also tells me by the wording in that verse how easy it is for us to forget the word of God. It's very easy to forget the word of God. And I believe that's scriptural in many places. Notice what we find in 1 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, excuse me. Verse 12. Peter said, a minister and an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the original 12 disciples, said, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. Brother Randall in his prayer talked about how we needed to remember. And we're going to go to some other places. Remembering the things of God's word are important in our life. Very important. You know, if you quit going to church... And you quit sitting under the sound preaching the gospel. You, do you know that over time you'll forget a big part of what you once knew? If it wasn't the case, why would Peter say, I will, not be, I will never neglect to continue to preach these truths to you? If you could get them in one going, why do they need to be repeated over and over? How many times have you heard the same subject preached on, maybe a different angle throughout your life? There's a need for that. Because we, by nature, are very forgetful. The less we hear and the less we read, the further we drift away from God. It's just a fact. Do we want to make a difference in this world? Do we want to see this country turn back to God? It starts with us. It says over in the 107th Psalms, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We need to speak out. We need to, to tell folks what we believe. We need to have conversation of the Lord in our everyday lives. You know, I, I thought about that too. I thought about a man uh, in, in Olton, Texas that helped me a lot. He passed away. And another uh, uh, relative of, of Suzanne's and uh, her uncle Jerry Nichols. And I get together with him and he's in his 80s. But we just talk about the Lord more than we talk about anything else. How many people do you talk to about the Lord and about the things of God? Willie Jean Green was the same way. He'd talk about other things, but every time we talked, the Lord was in his conversation. The Lord's in his life. That's how we, don't, that's how we keep from get, forgetting. My son, forgetting off the law of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. 
by keeping the things of God fresh upon your mind, His promises fresh upon your mind, knowing that He will always be there. He'll never leave you <coughs> nor forsake you. He says, I will not be negligent. I will not neglect, neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Isn't it amazing that even though you know the truth and you're established in that truth, Peter says you need that repeated to you time and time and time again. So do I. It needs to be repeated. It needs to be brought to the forefronts of our minds over and over and over throughout the course of our life. If we want to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean to our own understanding, God has to have the preeminence in your life. He has to be first. And that the, the best place to start is by not forgetting the gospel of Jesus Christ because we're forgetters. The Bible says we are. Not only did Solomon tell us that we're apt to forget the law of God, the word of God, Peter tells us also, Yea, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle, in this body, in this natural body, to stir, up your, stir you up by putting you in remembrance. It's apparent that our minds need to continually be stirred. You know, if you're sitting uh, cooking something on a cook stove, do you stir it? Most of the time we stir it many times as we're cooking it to spread out to you. Our minds need stirred with the Word of God. They need purified with the Word of God. Do we want to make a difference in this world? If we do, we need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached as often and as regular as we can. <coughs> it says, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may, may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. I'm telling you, I had a sister tell me one time, her son quit going to the church, and he said, He's going to forget the truth, and God's going to take it from him. I don't know if that happens, but I know that's a possibility. You can't believe how much you can forget. When you don't read God's word, when it's not a part of your daily life. You know, I've, I, me, and, me and Suzanne try to read every day, and I'm not putting myself up. I don't read near enough, but I have taken Brother Gale's, uh, what, what he does. It, it's easy to read one chapter of Proverbs, and Proverbs is such a wonderful book. It has so much wisdom, and, and, and it helps us to understand the things of this life, and, and that's a good place to start. You know, it don't take long to read a chapter every morning. My son, forget not my law. Let's notice what Paul says. Well, let's go to Hebrews chapter, chapter uh, 13, I believe it is. No, it's chapter 10, excuse me. I want to read from verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. I don't believe that we can stop going to the assembly of the saints, quit listening to the word of God preached, quit reading our Bible and having our, our pure mind stirred up continuously and see our faith not waver. Do we want our children to be in the church? Do we want our grandchildren to be in the church? I'll tell you something that I know to be a fact. From the day that the Israelites crossed into the promised land to the time that they were taken in bondage into Babylon, I'll tell you what, you wouldn't recognize those people. They were in a, living in a godless society by that time. 
Don't think for one minute that can't happen, but you and I can make a difference by living our lives to honor God. Letting our light so shine that others seeing our good works might glorify our Father which art in heaven. We have to realize that God is going to fulfill our needs when we labor in His kingdom. You know, when you sit around with your co-workers or your friends, do you ever talk about the Lord? Is it part of your conversation? It needs to be. It needs to be something that we talk about. It needs to be something that we do. We need to stand on God's truth. We need to say what's right. You know, those who oppose us are going to stand up and say what they think. They say it every day. I said, we don't have to pull out guns and shoot them. We need to stand up for the truth of God's word. Forget not my law. He goes on and he says, and let us consider one another to provoke. That means to call to action unto love and unto good works. Not forsaking the ascending of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We ought to encourage and be excited that the day of the Lord is coming. We ought to clear our minds and pray that God would give us the spirit we need to put the things of this world, Solomon said, they're vanity and vexation of the Spirit. Put them outside these walls. Don't come to the house of the Lord with your minds filled with the clunker of this world. God wants you to worship Him in spirit and in truth and to have your minds right. We need our minds filled with the Word of God, not just on Sunday, but every day. Forget not my law. We need to encourage there's no question that preaching is a tremendously important part of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declared unto you the gospel. This is Paul, the preacher of the Gentiles, the apostle, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand. They're standing in the truth at this present time. But notice what he says, By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I've preached unto you. If you don't remember it, there's going to come a time that you're not delivered from the troubles of this life through the truth of God. And you will be because we all have troubles. We all have problems. We all have things that are difficult for you and I to deal with in this life. But friends, I tell you, we got to trust in the Lord with all our heart. we got to make a difference in this world. If we don't, things are going to continue to decline. Christianity is going to continue to decline. You know, I went to the doctor this week, and most of your doctors wouldn't tell you this, but my doctor told me that said evil has no boundaries. Did you know that? Evil has, and I believe it. Evil has no boundaries. You know, you wonder just how far could we go? How far could this happen? Evil has no boundaries. The things that are going on, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with darkness, with powers on high. We... That, that's, that's the war that's being fought between good and evil. We have a war going on within us. Your flesh doesn't want to please God. Your flesh doesn't want to do what God would have you to do. The Spirit does. I tell you, we need to take heed to Matthew 26 and 41 every day when we wake up. Watch and pray. What does it mean to do to watch? It means to guard yourself against the things of this world and not let them consume your minds. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind, clean it out, renovate it. When the time comes to have Jesus Christ on our minds, that's what we need to have on our minds and not the clutter of this world. Watch and pray 
that ye enter not into temptation. Indeed, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That war goes on, and it's continuing in this world today, within us and, with, and from without. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Forget not my law. This is where it begins, by remembering the things of Jesus Christ. And the only way I believe to remember them, it's to set under the sound preaching of the gospel and to read God's word and to make it a part of your life. You know, you might say, well, I, I don't like to read. Well, you want to see change? We need to know what God says. We need to hold on to his promises. His promises are real, not just for eternity, but for every day. You know, if we honor the Lord with our substance, our time, and our money, so shall our barns be filled with plenty. That's a promise God made. If you truly give to the Lord out of a loving heart and a heart that honors God, loves Him, and trusts Him with everything you have, He says you'll never go destitute or without. Sometimes that's hard to believe because we want a reason by adding up our, our bank account or the hours in the week and say, you know, just, just ain't enough time here, God, to do this. Uh, I've got too many bills. I just can't, uh, I can't do this either, Lord. I, I'd like to. I, I know you're right, but I, I know it's, it's easy to preach and hard to live, but it's God's worth and word, and it's the truth. It's not something he put in there to just fill up space. I'm going to close in a few verses, in, uh, two verses in Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, Blessed is the man that doesn't take advice from, from the ungodly. And there's a lot of that in the world going on. It's easy to take the advice of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, not go in the way of sinners, go in the way of their life. Uh, you know, a lot of people just go out and, and freely sin. Now, we all sin and come short of the glory of God, but we should strive not to sin. We should strive to live a righteous life and to do better and better each day of our life, to honor God with our lives, with our bodies, with our everything that we have. Nor set in the seat of the scornful, those that derid God, those that take the serving and worshiping of God in a very light sense, mock God. That's what a scorner does. But let's notice. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight. He truly believes that God's word is of great benefit. It's something that he loves. And he, and he doth meditate day and night. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. You might say, well, Brother Kenny, I, I just can't read the Bible 24-7. You know, most of us have a, have a trouble reading it one hour out of the 24. But to meditate on God's law means to have it at the forefront of your mind. When circumstances arise in your life, do the answers that God has in his word come to your mind, how you're to handle this situation and that circumstance? You know, life is not about what happens to us. It's about how we act and react to what happens to us. And God's word teaches us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. We should honor the Lord with all our substance, with every part of our being, with our time, with our money. And we ought to do it in a cheerful way. That's what the Bible says. And God says a man that does that, he'll never lack. That's what we ought to do. Our delight ought to be in the law of the Lord, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no book outside of this book that is immutable truth. This book will last 
and God has preserved it. His words are pure as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. His words are pure and they're true. They need to be on the forefront of our minds. I know it's not easy to read God's word, but a little every day will make a big difference in your life. The things you're struggling with, read them. Job said, a man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Friends, troubles are going to be a part of our life from now on. How do we act and react? How do we deal with the storms of life? That's what we need to consider. You know, those who do not have God's word fresh upon their minds, a lot of times when the trouble of life comes, they're just blown away by it. Their, their lives are destroyed. You know, we sorrow, but we're not to sorrow as others who have no hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, and our hope is in heaven. And God has said he'll provide for us today. I believe that. I believe he'll give us abundantly and above all that we even think or ask if we trust him with all our heart and we try not to reason what's going on. You know, most of us don't understand what's happening now. We don't understand most things. We try to, but we really don't understand them. We don't understand the human heart. I don't. I don't understand my own heart. It's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, but God does. And we need to lay our problems at Jesus' feet. And may God bless us to trust him with all our heart. May God bless us not to forget his word, to keep it in the forefronts of our minds, that when we journey through life, that we can honor him in every way.